Beautiful, Lincoln. Absolutely beautiful. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And uh, what appropriate timing uh, for that song. Uh, I'm going to keep it pretty uh, short and straightforward today. I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. There it reveals the most remarkable birth concerning any person who has ever lived. Even today, modern time in most regions of the globe is still calculated from the year of our Savior's birth. We currently live in the year 2018 A.D., which stands for Anno Domini, meaning in Latin, the year of the Lord. The abbreviation B.C. stands for Before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, the year of Christ's birth. And every calendar that you look at establishes that 2018 years, approximately anyhow, have passed since Christ's birth. That is the measurement. And the contemporary modification that has occurred uh, of abbreviations you see now, BCE, which is before common era, and CE, which stands for the current common era, um, that makes no revision to the fact that we are still counting 2018 years since Christ's birth. And all those abbreviations do is is try to avoid, it's an attempt to avoid making reference to Christ, but in fact the number of the year regardless is making reference to the birth of our Savior. So uh, it's quite astonishing when you think about it. And, And calculating time, the year 2018, and God burst into the world scene Lying in a manger, as a baby lying in the manger, that is the incarnation. When that happened, human time stopped, folks. It it stopped, and then the clocks start again reversing itself over the birth of this one single child. One single child. Um, It isn't as if there was something extraordinary about the scene. It wasn't a birth like many of us witness on television of the British royal crown where it seems like everybody in the world besides me is waiting with great expectation. With the baby Jesus, the only ones watching, were Joseph, perhaps a midwife, a few livestock. And, and in fact, to, order the, uh, to gain the attention of, of even just a few Shepherds that are out in the field, God summoned a choir of angels to announce the birth of his son. And and you'll likely learn tomorrow night when Pastor Weiler addresses us um, for Christmas Eve, the Magi likely didn't come till a little bit later, sometime later, after um, Joseph and Mary moved into a house. So this this humble arrival, humble arrival... um, Consider that with the fact there are currently about seven and a half billion people on the earth. Each of them, I will acknowledge, born somewhere in some place at some time, obviously. And we are adding another 125 million more births every year. And we soon recognize in the last 2,000 years, there have been billions and billions and billions of children born. So for us to calculate time 
in the way that we do, there must have been something far greater about this single event, this birth, than just a baby being born in a manger. It's far more than that. Because few people, very few people, were even paying attention back then when this event occurred. And Christmas isn't merely about a baby being born because billions and billions of babies have been born. What makes Jesus' birth entirely different is whose child is this. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud. That means praise. The babe, the son of Mary. The big deal isn't that a child is born, but whose child is this? And to whom it was born? As I read to you earlier from Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet Isaiah announced to King Ahaz and all of Israel, Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign. The Lord chooses the sign this time. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Folks, Isaiah wrote that approximately 700 years before the birth of Christ. And believe it or not, there are and will remain all kinds of debate about that passage in Isaiah. Um, Debate about what Isaiah meant when he gave that prophecy. People question whether that sign had to be witnessed during the life of Ahaz. Or if Isaiah just intended a future fulfillment of some kind, or both. There's debate over what the Hebrew term for virgin means, whether it means a young maiden, as some of your translations might actually say, or whether it is a virgin. Those are fair questions that linguists and theologians can fight over. But for Christ's church, that is us, the answer lies squarely in the birth narrative of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew, as a Gospel writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, interprets Isaiah 7, verse 14 for us. And as such, this record of the virgin birth is worth rereading again this Christmas, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her, is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then Matthew provides this interpretation of Isaiah for us. 
verse 22. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Seems clear enough. The gospel indicates the birth of Christ is the fulfillment of Isaiah 7 verse 14. And that Greek word that Matthew uses for virgin can only mean one thing. It's only defined one way in the Greek. Mary was a virgin. Jesus' birth was the sign, we are also told. Promise to the house of David, that is promise to Israel way back 700 years before that a virgin will be with child and she'll bear a son. Um, Folks, this is what's different. Christ being different from all the billions and billions of births that have occurred since the beginning of time. This was a virgin birth. Anyone who knows anything about obstetrics realizes in the natural course of human sexuality, that's not only improbable, it's completely impossible that a virgin could give birth. Uh, She cannot become pregnant, so there's no possible way she can give birth to a son. A virgin giving birth becomes a sign because that could only occur, occur as a supernatural event. That's the only way that can occur. For that reason, it becomes a sign of what? Well, actually, it's a sign then that God is with us. He is with us. When the impossible occurs, it teaches us that God is with us. It confirms He is with us. And it's astounding to me, really, in this modern age now, today, increasing numbers of pastors and teachers who have, just in their own brilliance, really, in their own brilliance, determined that it's perfectly acceptable for Christians to disbelieve the virgin birth. You're hearing that more and more. They claim we don't necessarily have to accept there was anything supernatural about the birth of Jesus. That's the claim that is made. Here's the problem with that proposal. If Jesus was not supernaturally born of a virgin, Scripture would conclude that that would not be assigned to King Ahaz, Israel, or to us If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, it actually indicates that God is not with us. And the denial of all things supernatural is what the naturalists have been preaching all along. They insist God did not form Adam out of the dust of the ground. Instead, man evolved over millions of years. Noah didn't build an ark. The world never experienced a global flood. Moses didn't part the Red Sea so that Israel walked through on dry land. And Jonah didn't spend three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. That's what they preach. That's what we are told. And the only logical conclusion to that whole argument is 
if Jesus was not born of a virgin, then God is not with us. But then why are we still counting time from his birth? Well, folks, the reason his birth is so important is that it's scripture stated like no other. It was entirely supernatural. The angel told Joseph, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Tells you something about life in the womb. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the child that Mary carried was unique in the fact that the Holy Spirit conceived the baby Jesus. By uniting the divine nature of God with the, the human DNA of Mary, Weaving them together. Um, there's no, no sense of any sexual impropriety at all in the passage. We are in fact assured in Matthew 1 verse 25 that Joseph kept her a virgin. So, so Mary remained a virgin. Until she gave birth to the Son. And he called his name Jesus, thus fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. Galatians 4 verse 4 says it in this way. When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive ourselves as adoption as God's sons. You know, Jesus came so that he could redeem us from our sins. He gave his life as a ransom, a ransom for many. That's a sign that God is with us. And through the incarnation of God the Son, again, the incarnation refers to God taking on human flesh. That's what that term means. Um, Supernatural event. And through this, God did and achieved what what no man could ever do. Christ, our Redeemer, arrived. He arrived on that first Christmas through submitting himself to the Father's will, humbling himself to be born of a virgin. Fashioned by the Holy Spirit to become human flesh. We need to remember as well that that, uh, Christ's origin is not in that birth. He, he didn't originate at this point in time. The Son existed with God and was God for eternity from before the world was founded. He came down from heaven, folks, to save us. That's why He came. Speaking of Christ, Philippians 2 verse 6 says this, Although He, meaning Jesus, existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be, to be held on to. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made into the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Nicene Creed states it this way, We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. It means he's divine. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. So Jesus Christ, is, he's the human manifestation of God himself. He's God in the flesh. He's fully God because, because he's born of God. He's fully man because he's born of the woman. And he's both God and man without distinction or division. Through the virgin birth, this is the sign that God has come. The sign that he's come to save us and that he is with us. Only Christ was fully divine. So he is the only one who has ever lived through life completely unstained by sin. Completely unstained, not a trace of sin. Yet also being fully human, truly a man, in his flesh he confronted and defeated the power that sin holds over us. And then he suffered and died in our place. He suffered and he died. In human flesh, Jesus on the cross endured the fury of God's wrath against sin. That's what he endured on the cross. And he suffered the punishment we deserve. It should have been God's fury against us because we are sinful and disobedient. In the human flesh, Jesus endured that wrath so we can be set free and become and be called children of God, um, born again by the Holy Spirit. Born again. Uh, Christ rose, folks, on that third day. And Scripture says this, to all who receive him, to all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This mystery is great. Folks, this mystery is great. But God himself came to us being conceived by the Holy Spirit so that he could be born into the likeness of man. Well, by God's grace, we who were born into the flesh come to him and are reborn through that same Holy Spirit into the likeness of Christ. He came to be born like one of us, so that through faith in Him, we can be reborn into the likeness of Him, and walk of new, newness of life alive to God. Jesus said in John 3, verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is is spirit. 
Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. And Jesus continued by saying, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that so the world would be saved through him. Listen closely. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe in him has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Folks, Jesus is God's own Son. His, his child, born as a baby, coming into the world through a virgin birth so that he can save us from our sins. That's the whole point. Jesus is the sign that came down from heaven and was born among men. And it proves that God is truly with us. If you say, you know, I just don't believe. If you say, I don't believe, I still can't believe. I ask you one last question. If this is not a sign from God, if Jesus was not born of a virgin, if he didn't die for our sins and rise from the dead, then why after 2,018 years, after billions and billions of people being born, are we still celebrating his birth? Let's pray. Father, as we declare how you loved the world so much that you sent your Son into the world to be born of a virgin, uh, Father, that he would come in perfect and sinless and he'd live that life uh, so pure and perfect, uh, a life that none of us have. And then for he to give himself willingly to suffer upon a cross for the sins of the many, those of us who have disobeyed, Lord, and you sent him your own son for that very purpose. Oh God, we're so thankful you're with us. Lord, as we speak to one another and encourage one another and each person here, I pray that that truth resounds in their heart that the Holy Spirit, Lord, is working once again to bring glory to the name of Jesus. And Father, as we depart here today uh, to celebrate uh, this holy day or holiday, Lord, I pray that as this year ends and we get a new year, that it unfolds, Lord, of one for the glory of his holy name. Lord, thank you. Thank you for Jesus, the gift above all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.